Hi, welcome to the Dear Mark Project podcast. Thank you for listening. Our mission here at Dear Mark is to make social media a more honest and empowering place to be. On this podcast, we discuss a wide range of topics that tackle mental health and social media. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Dear Mark Project podcast. Today, we are here with Steve Bassan. Um, Steve, please introduce yourself. Well, first of all, hi, Maria, and thank you for having me on. Um, My name is Steve Biso. I'm a uh, mental health counselor, and I've been practicing as a mental health counselor for over 15 years. I've worked in the mental health world for 23 plus years. Uh, originally from Montreal, came here to work in mental health and stayed in the United States. I'm based out of Massachusetts. Um, I currently uh, have my own practice. I also have my own podcast, Finding Your Way Through Therapy, which is based on the book that I wrote two years ago, uh, Finding Your Way Through Therapy. Um, And I also am a coach on emotional management. That's awesome. Well, Steve, we are so excited to have you here today. So today we are going to be discussing managing your emotions around social media. So let's get into it. So managing your so- your emotions around social media. So when we see these images on whether it's Instagram, Facebook, or even LinkedIn, sometimes we can start to even question ourselves or feel less confident or yet less valuable. So Steve, how can we manage our emotions when we're going through this? The first thing that I talk about with social media, and I I have done this work before uh, in the nonprofit I worked with, but it's really the first thing you got to remember is that you're seeing a snapshot of a half second to a second of that picture. So that picture probably took a long time to set up and they probably took, it's on average about seven of them before the right one comes out. So what you see is the best product of seven pictures that took anywhere from five minutes to maybe even five hours to set up. So the first thing you got to realize is that it's a snapshot of something that's really set up and is not necessarily real. It's just a moment. And I think that the first thing that most people do is they look at it and they use comparisons to their own lives. Like, oh, why is my life not like that? Or why am I not having this? Or I don't enjoy, I don't get that product or whatever it is. And the comparison is where the thief of joy because that's the other part you got to think about. Why am I comparing myself? And it's not easy to think that way because we do want what's the newest, the baddest, and everything else. But learning that comparison will always take away your happiness. And realizing that that's another part that we do. It's like a snapshot. It's not, it's just, a, it, it's not about comparing yourself. And if you don't have it or you want it and all that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. But ask yourself, what, your, what is your true motivation, which is also an important part. It's like, I'm looking at all these things on Instagram. What am I really getting out of this? Is it really helping my mental health? Is it helping my self-esteem? Or is it a, deter- a deterrent to my self-esteem or my thoughts about myself? Does it increase my anxiety? Does it really just affect me in a positive or negative way? And sometimes it can be positive. I mean, there's a lot of brands out there that are very positive that I respect. But there's other ones that really take away from your happiness when you're doing that stuff. So just keeping that in mind, if it's not helping you in a positive way, maybe think about what, why are you doing this? That is so insightful. So when someone is going through their social media and trying to figure out exactly what accounts are helpful versus hurtful, what are some questions that they can ask themselves when they're going through that process? 
what are you getting out of social media would be the first question I would ask myself. Forget about, and whatever platforms you're thinking about, you think about for old folks like me, Facebook, uh, for slightly older or younger than me, Instagram, for the real young TikTok. Um, and I know that this is kind of like different levels, but why I watch TikTok and I certainly have my handle on TikTok, but I, I do it just for fun. I, I look for that and I follow a few therapists that are very positive or not doing the comparison or you should be happy immediately. So I choose it for fun for TikTok. So if it's not bringing me fun, then I'm not following that person or I stop following that person. Um, if I'm watching Instagram for in, like uh, influencers that are doing the right thing and they are very good ones out there too, great. If they start going in a direction that I don't necessarily agree or it becomes something that I don't see that's helpful to me or very happy oriented to me, then stop. And I think that that's what I would say is that what are you looking for? And Instagram, sometimes you're looking for, you know, the newest, freshest product. Well, is that going to cause you happiness or is that going to cause you something else? And if it's going to also be something about, well, I need to have that now. And if not, I'm going to be unhappy. Then is it really something that you need in your life? Because that's not exactly healthy for any human being to think I need this, I need that or what have you. So um, I think that that's what I would ask myself. And also, like, if I'm doing it, am I like... I think um, in psychotherapy, we started talking about, and I should say psychology, not psychotherapy. Uh, we started talking about uh, doom scrolling. And why am I scrolling here? Am I just bored? Or am I doing it because I really want to? Or am I doing it to compare myself? Or I'm feeling down and I want to prove that I should be down because of X, Y, Z. So why are you scrolling? And I think that that would be some of the stuff that I would do. Yeah, and I love that thought about, yeah, why are we scrolling and what are we supposed to be getting out of our social media experience? And I know it can be sometimes difficult when we're actually on social media as well that, you know, we're just kind of mindlessly scrolling and, you know, those thoughts that really should be popping in our head about what am I looking at? Why am I looking at this? So what is your advice about how we can maybe even prepare for social media or even when we're scrolling, how can we get those filtered thoughts um, to come up when we're having our social media experience? I mean, I, I think that the first thing you got to ask yourself, again, I go back to why am I scrolling? And if it's because of X, Y, Z, is there something else I could do differently? Or is this going to be good? Or I'm just trying to amuse myself before going to bed, which is why I use TikTok, just to kind of like have fun. And is that what my goal is here or what is my goal? And I know that's a lot like people are like, oh, I'm not going to think about my goal every time I open a social media web. No, but it's important. Why are you scrolling right now? Think about the goal that you have behind that. Because um, I think that sometimes I've heard a lot and I've worked with teenagers and uh, young adults and they're like, everyone's living their best life and I'm not. Well, no, that's not their best life. That's a scroll. And why aren't you living your best life? Which is more of an important question rather than comparisons. So I think that for me, it's like, why are you opening, you know, whatever social media? And I pick on TikTok and Instagram. I can pick on Twitter. I can pick on a lot of these social medias here. It's not trying to go after one particular company. But it's really what, a, what is it? Like, you know, my, my generation, I'm 47, we had Facebook and a lot of people go to Facebook and it's a lot about what other people are doing. What do they have or they're, it's become very politicized in my opinion on the Facebook uh, platform as how to what we look at and what we don't look at. 
Are you just trying to get more angry? Are you looking to be happier? Are you looking for action? I think that what you need to realize is that if you're just like, you know, I'm in a bad mood, I'm going to go on the Facebook so I can justify my bad mood, then maybe that's not a good time to go on Facebook. Um, I'm not feeling good about myself. I'm going to go on Instagram. And, you know, we got to be very mindful also that if we're looking there and we're like, oh, I, they're having fun and I'm not, it's also looking at people who might be struggling and you go like, oh, I'm better than them. No, no one's better than anyone. Because I think that one of the things that happens a lot is we think about these comparison things. I'm not a comparison guy. My life's not better or worse than anyone else. I just have different problems, different situations. I'm 47 versus 27 or 67. So I think that if you're going to be a comparison, I always say if you're going to go there and do comparisons, okay, think about the worst and think about the best and reality somewhere in the middle. And getting to that grounded view, uh, this is a cognitive behavioral type of technique, and it's getting grounded into what you're seeing versus always looking at for better or worse than us because that's never going to be healthy for anyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I know some of our viewers are probably thinking, you know, there's this couple of social media accounts that I like, you know, 70 or even 80% of what I'm seeing, but there's 20% that is pretty triggering for me, or I might not really care for it. So what is your advice about maybe managing those triggers or how to go about that? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is one of my biggest pet peeves is people like, oh, avoid your triggers. Well, the world and yourself cannot avoid triggers for the rest of your life. It's just how it is. Um, and it's not about being mean or cruel here. It's just being real, realistically thinking about, like, I might be triggered. Why is that triggering you? Is it something that I need to see a professional for or is it something else? And being able to kind of like identify what the trigger causes in you, what it's, how it's affecting you. And maybe you need to go see, seek a professional. Maybe you just need to talk to a friend. I, it's not always a professional. You know, like seek professional help is part of my job, obviously. But I also think that we need to look about, you know, hey, you know what, Maria was looking at this XYZ. And it really didn't feel right. Didn't even seem on brand for them. And maybe you go like, oh, it's because it's abstract or they meant this. Oh, I didn't think about that. So having a friend to kind of check that thought is helpful. Or I'm triggered, but I don't know why. Well, maybe you just put it down and maybe go back to it eventually and think about what maybe caused that. Maybe writing, maybe thinking about how that affected you. But more importantly, you know, the whole thing is thinking about a conversation I think we had prior to this is that, we need to have a conversation with the brand we're looking at or the person we're looking at. So for me, I've had people write to me on my Instagram say, you know, I really didn't understand what you meant by that. And, and I don't have a particular example here. I say, if you think about it this way, oh, okay, I didn't think about it that way. I just felt you were like rejecting me. And I'm like, no, I don't reject anyone. It's certainly not never going to be my goal in life. But maybe you misunderstood. And some people are like, I didn't like that content. I may not follow you again, which is also a choice. You can stop following a brand if it's that triggering, even if it's 20%. Because if the 20% is so triggering that it's pushing you away from yourself or you feel like, you know, at the worst dissociating, then maybe that's not a brand for you. But also give the feedback to whatever you're watching to people because they are listening. I mean, of all the things that I can give to Twitter, Instagram, and uh, TikTok is that I've written emails. Again, I'm old. So when I was in my 20s, it was only email. And you would wait for the brand to respond. And if you got and respond within a week or two, you're lucky. Nowadays, they respond fairly quickly. And maybe they can give you an explanation. Maybe they direct message you. Maybe they respond to you within the whole uh, commentary boxes and sections that they have. 
but ultimately it's having a conversation and being an active participant because they want that feedback because for example if it triggered maria well maybe it'll trigger johnny and it's going to trigger julia and it's going who knows so for them it's also good feedback to have so never treat an entity as something that can't change and just just the same as you i think the other part that's hard for a lot of people is oh this will always trigger me no you can change that you can work on yourself whether it's through talking to people going to therapy going to whatever you need to do in order to work on those triggers triggers are not just triggers you need to be able to address it in other ways so mm -hmm. those are my thoughts on that that makes a lot of sense. And I think it's also really important to highlight that social media is a very, very new concept. I mean, Instagram has only been around for 13 years. TikTok has only been around for two or so. So with this new massive and globally impacting social media network, there's going to come challenges and issues that have never been had to be dealt with before. Just like you were talking about, the older generation never had to grow up and make mistakes online where anybody can see or be concerned that, you know, if I make this post, you know, 10,000 people are going to see it and comment something really nasty. I mean, this is a super new concept. So I think it's really important to ask ourselves, all right, when teens and young adults are going through this really important, really difficult life process, what are some things that they should be more careful of? Well, I think that the hardest part is that we think we're static when we're in our teenage years and our adolescence. We're not going to change. It's going to always be this way. And the fact of the matter is things can change. So the first thing I would say is that thinking about change. The importance of thinking about change, though, for teenagers and young adults is to remember that change does not come instantaneously. Whenever you see the bigger, better thing that's going to fix your problem in two days or two hours or two minutes, it, usually that's, that's not going to work out. As uh, my father used to say, it's snake oil. It's not going to fix anything. So realizing that change does take time and it can happen. But change is also something that you need to be an active participant in. And in life, sometimes we will change. You know, I used to have pimples and I used to, well, I used to have hair, for example, um, you know, and that went away and the pimples went away. So the good for the pimple, not so much for my hair, but we all change and accepting that this is not a static, this is always going to be the same. So my experience with adolescence, which is actually my specialty, um, when I went to college, um, is that we think that this is forever, you know, and it's realizing that things can change within minutes also within us. Maybe we're feeling bad about ourselves. Maybe we're going through a hard breakup. We're struggling with friends. We're struggling with a comparison. We're struggling with whatever. Realizing that it's not forever. And that's a hard sell sometimes for adolescents and young adults, but it truly isn't because on average, any negative thought you're going to have, and I, again, I don't know how triggered or not people will be, so I'm not going to put in what they are, but let's, whatever negative thought you can think about. On average, and there's studies that prove this, they usually last on average 15 minutes. So sometimes it's also realizing that this too shall pass. And so realizing that you can have that control over your life is pretty fantastic. But I think that when you're an adolescent or a young adult, oh, I'm stuck here. I'm stuck in this situation. I'll never change. All these things can change even within 15 minutes and especially thoughts. So realizing that you have some control over that. How can you redirect yourself? How can you talk to yourself? How can you reach out to other people? It's not always about other people. 
But, you know, if I don't have the Lamborghini at 18, well, maybe I can get a uh, used Jetta. Uh, and I'm not picking on those brands. I'm just using those for example. And maybe you get the Lamborghini at 40. I had a client of mine who's always wanted a Lexus since I've known her. And she was actually a teenager, younger adult when I've known her. And now that she is in her late 20s, early 30s, she got that Lexus. So it's not forever. And realizing that. And it's a hard sell. And I get it. And the thought process will go away within 15 minutes. And to put it in perspective, I think that... Um, you have on, if I remember to study correctly, you have anywhere from 50,000 to 85,000 thoughts in a day. So realizing that maybe another thought will show up at some point might be beneficial. Absolutely. That's absolutely fantastic. And I think that's a great place uh, to end. So Steve, please tell the viewers how they can get in touch with you and what you want to let them know. Um, well, thank you again for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. You can reach me through my TikTok, which is brand new. It's on my podcast mostly and uh, on Instagram, which has a lot of different like memes that I use. And that's at uh, real Steve Bison, like as it's spelled real in my last name. Um, and you can also go to my new website that will be hopefully up by the um, I think by the end of this week, so it should be up and it's Steve dash be and it's about emotional management coaching, which is basically saying that emotions can be complex and it's working on them and accepting them because for some of us, it's hard to accept one or the other. So you can definitely find me there. And my podcast, finding your way through therapy is available on most major uh, distributors. So you can go to any of those if you want. Awesome. So we will have all those links below. Um, so thank you so much, Steve, again. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. To learn more about how to make social media a more honest and empowering place to be, follow us on Instagram at the Dear Mark Project and visit our website, dearmark.co. Stay tuned every week for a new episode. Thanks again for tuning in.